Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and welcome to another edition of Movement Radio. I am Chip Hazard. And I'm Talon Williams, and we are going to continue our Christmas... Christmas, wow, say that five times fast. Woo-hoo. We're going to continue our Christmas-themed episodes uh, for, the, for the month of December. And uh, we have a pretty interesting one for you, kind of like the one we did last week, but this one is going to be different. It's going to be the top 10 remarkable origins of common Christmas traditions. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I wanted to go and, and find like everybody has their own traditions when it comes to Christmas. Like in my house, um, we start on December 1st and uh, my boys open a Christmas book, like a, ho- a holiday themed book every evening leading up to Christmas um, on the 24th. The we have a, a specially wrapped book that is the night before Christmas, right? Know, towards, towards the night before Christmas. So then they we read every night. We open a book. We read it. We read all the way until you know the twenty fourth. Then we read the night before Christmas. Then on Christmas morning they get up, and then there's the presents and everything because you know Daddy's got to stay up super late and put That's that shit present under, right. Put, uh, they're already wrapped, but you know I got to put them under the tree and you know yeah sort them. Like this this stacks colts and this stacks Graysons and this stacks of mommies and this stacks of grandpas, uh, kind of deal. Right. Um. So I I wanted to go and and look and see if we could find the origins of some of the most common Christmas traditions. Right. Um, so I I did some research and I found this, uh, everything, you know, so with the, with the Christmas season being upon us and before we get sick of the eggnog fruitcake, Christmas music, um, I'm already sick of it, but go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) We get to enjoy it for, for a couple of weeks, but have you ever wondered where some of our weird Christmas traditions come from? I mean, you know, we tell our kids that a fat man is coming into our house at night. We bring in trees to shed all over the carpet. We kiss under parasitic plants, you know. Uh, <laughs> right. And in the holiday spirit, or all in the holiday spirit. So how in the hell are these even related to Jesus, whose birthday <laughs> was supposed to be whose whose birthday we're actually supposed to be celebrating right <laughs> right well let's sit back pour some eggnog eat grab a couple gingerbread cookies and take a ride on this uh this journey of 10 remarkable origins of common christmas traditions talon you got the first one i got the first one um and ironically enough, the first one is actually Christmas itself. Christmas, as most of us know, is the Christian tradition honoring the birth of Jesus Christ. Though it is not celebrated solely as such in our modern society, which is a little bit unfortunate, but that's just me. To us, Christmas represents a time of joy, gift-giving, and family. Christmas, as we know... Um, Christmas, as we know it, evolved f- out of the Roman tradition, uh, Sat- Saturnalia. Saturnalia. There you go. 
a festival honoring their god of agriculture, Saturn, on the winter solace. Um, due to the already rampant celebration taking place on that date and the revving of the light and the sun, it was natural development to celebrate the birth of Christ on the same day. Many Roman writers give references to the date of December 25th in Christian, Christianity between the 2nd and 3rd century. It is believed that the holiday was widely celebrated by Christians by the turn of the 4th century. Though Christmas is celebrated as the birth of Jesus Christ, we don't know the exact date or even the exact year of our Savior's birth. Um, now, despite how it became what it became, um, the fact that it was so early in history, the fact that it was, you know, second, third century or even fourth century when, you know, Christianity decided, okay, this will be the date that we celebrate, you know, the birth of our Lord and Savior, you know, um, and I, 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 you hear a lot of people will tell you in some aspects, well, you don't even know when Jesus' birthday is, so how can he be real? Who? Like, shut up. You know, you don't believe, fine, whatever. But, you know, for it to be, to, for, for, for that particular time, you know, the actual tradition of Christmas is, in fact, a, a tradition in and of itself. Right. Um, yeah. It, it, so. We traditionally celebrate Christmas on December 25th, and, and we say that that is the date of the birth of Jesus. But we all know that that's technically not true. Um, that, you know, if you've ever read the Bible or done any, you know, amount of research uh, into the Bible then you know that, that Jesus was probably born sometime in this late spring, early summertime. Yeah. Uh, so there, there is, you know, some, some conflicting messaging back and forth there, mm -hmm. but nonetheless, um, I do find it funny that, that uh christmas uh some people say that it was a pagan holiday and some people have this this uh theory that it, it actually evolved from um the roman tradition of saturnalia right. um so yeah that's that i, I do find that interesting yeah uh, it, it the, is interesting uh, yeah i was gonna say and the fact that you know it <clears throat> Christmas is almost um all, uh, what 20, 20 centuries old right uh yeah so yeah I mean and, and even and, and that's the thing is like you know it's like some people's like you know well why do you celebrate you know like you hear then that argument too you know if you if you if you if you don't believe in Jesus why do you celebrate Christmas and things of that nature you know and kind of like what we said at the beginning you know it is a Christian tradition that honors the birth of Christ even though it's not celebrated solely for that reason you know um which then again many many cultures celebrate Christmas and a lot of countries who are not you know christian based countries and i know it sounds weird the way i say it but you know where the where the where the majority of the people who live there aren't crazy that some of them even still, still celebrate christmas now there are others who celebrate you know hanukkah passover um 
you know, Ramadan, other, other, other religious holidays, but you know, Christmas has been, is the one that people most like, like, yeah, you know, you know, Christmas, you know, it, it, it has a different thing for everybody. You know, Christmas means something different to every, to everybody, you know? Um, right. For some people, it is about spending time with family. It is about giving gifts. It's about spreading love. Um, it's about, you know, celebrating the birth of Christ, you know? So there's many different things, you know, and whatever you believe in or whatever you decide that you want Christmas to be, go ahead and do that. As long as you ain't hurting people in the process, do you boo boo. You know what I mean? Exactly. But anyway, uh, so yeah, so let's jump on to the very next one. You got it, Bubba? I do. Next up, we're going to talk about actual gift giving. Um, so I've always wondered where this came from. Uh, and it's sometimes said that the tradition of gift giving started with the three wise men who visited Jesus and gave him gifts of myrrh, frankincense, and gold. Um, so if you want to start a Christmas tradition, I suppose I suppose the first Christmas would be a good date to start. As with many other entries on this list, though, the true origins of gift-giving lie in pagan beliefs. All right. And during, All right. during Saturnalia, uh, there's... You know, there's that word again. Right. So... Some people believe that the the tradition of Christmas itself derived from Saturnalia. So now the gift giving also kind of derives from Saturnalia. And it says that during Saturnalia, children would often be given gifts of wax dolls and act with a rather macabre history itself. The dolls were used to represent human sacrifices that Rome had given to Saturn in the past as payment for good harvest boughs of certain trees and other plant matter were also a common gift during Saturnalia and were used to represent bounty and good harvests. Morbid. (laughs) A a, a little morbid. A little morbid. Yes. Um, But also like, you know, you kind of understand, you know, that, you know, uh, Back in the day, you, you kind of had to sacrifice one thing to get something else, right? Uh, and a lot of people believe that in human or believe, you know, human sacrifice is the largest sacrifice of them all, dating all the way back to, I mean, uh, the man Jesus himself, where you know, if if you believe in the story that's laid out in the Bible, then then God sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross for our sins. I mean, he literally sent a human sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah. So Because before then, you had to get, because before that, in the Old Testament, it was lamb's blood sacrifice. Correct. You know? So, but yeah, I mean, but in the idea of gift giving, I mean, that does kind of like, hey, I think enough of you to present you a gift, you know, like take this gift. And and gifts, you know, can be can be perceived for many different reasons. Like I give you this gift as a token of our friendship. I give you this gift as a token 
of, you know, you've been on some hard times that maybe this will help you, um, you know, whether it's monetary or whether it's spiritual or whatever, um, you know, and, and, and you, it, 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 it comes with a surprise and I don't know where like the, the wrapping of the presents and the bow on top and that tradition, maybe it's on the list. Maybe we'll get to it in a minute, but the wrapping of the presents, you know, and then the unveiling of the present, like, you know, it's almost like I have something for you. It's a surprise here, you know, and they opened it expecting something. And then they're like, oh, man, this is so cool. Thank you. You know, like I'll never forget, like a lot of the Christmas presents that I got growing up. Um, I remember one time we got all of our Christmas presents done um, and like we do the Christmas presents. And I noticed that there was a whole lot of like clothes and stuff on the uh, on the on the couch and dad was like all right you done with the presents let's start let's start uh let's start putting uh putting uh, putting the trash away whatever so we start putting the trash away and he looked at me and my sister and goes hey can you guys uh take those clothes and put them over in that chair and we're like yeah so we just went and grabbed a whole pile of them. It's like wait what's this there's a box back here and what turns out it was a pair of rollerblades i had a pair of rollerblades my sister had a pair of rollerblades well they couldn't they didn't have a chance to pack the, they didn't have a chance to wrap the rollerblades so he just put them there and did this the whole thing so it was a surprise to us that we hey we got rollerblades you know because we really wanted rollerblades that year right um, so the, and, and, that, and that was cool because it was a pred like i know you've been wanting this and there's it, there's levels you know like if it's a kid if it's you're buying for your child you know you like to see the joy on his face or their or her face you know when they receive something that they've been really wanting you know the the look of joy if you give your wife your significant other a a present of a love a token appreciation it's mostly jewelry um you know or something along those lines like maybe a painting or something or you know maybe you get a picture framed that like oh man, I totally forgot about this picture. And then you get that picture framed for her and stuff like that. Um, and, 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 and there's many, many days you can give presents. It isn't just Christmas. You can do it for, you know, Mother's Day, Valentine's Day, you know, your anniversary, birthday, stuff like that. But it's, it's just something about giving a gift on Christmas that makes it just a little bit more special, I guess, because right. that is the, 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 the season of giving, if you will. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So... But yeah, so we're going to move on from there. We're going to move on to another tradition, and this is called Xmas. Yeah, Xmas. While some rather ignorant groups of Americans believe that this abbreviation Xmas is an attempt by those quote-unquote dirty liberals to keep Christ out of Christmas, the true <laughs> origins – I'm just reading the blurb. The I, true know, I know, it's just funny. <laughs> the true origins of the, the, the true Orleans have actually strong basis – in Christianity, in the abbreviation, the X stands for the Greek letter chi, chai, the first letter of the Greek word for Christ. Jesus' name has been has also been abbreviated as XP, a combination of the first and second letter of the Greek word for Christ. From XP comes a uh, labarum, the a holy symbol in orthodox christianity that represents jesus the x the term xmas has been used since the 16th century though it gained prominence of use in the 18th and 19th century in the modern world x has been taken to be used as an abbreviation for any word with christ or with a k r y s sound in its in its inside for for example even in words that have no um 
ethologic connection. So like um, chrysanthemum, for example, is sometimes shortened to um, accent on floral signs or crystals um, have sometimes been abbreviated to exals, X-T-A-L. Um, so, so that's, I was of the mindset that, you that's, know, cause I, cause I've had, so what now? I, I was going to say exos sounds kind of stupid, but yeah. Exos sounds like a, like a, like a bad guy in like a role-playing game or something, you know, right. we must find Excel and get to the chamber anyway. So no, nah, but, th- but that being said, I mean, like I, I've heard the thing about, Oh, you put X in front of, you know, cause you're taking the Christ out of Christmas. Will you say Xmas? But right. then again, I, but I've also heard people say that the that the X, when you turn the X sideways, it makes a cross. We turn the X sideways or tilted, it makes a cross, and that cross is symbolizing Jesus Christ, Christmas, you know, things of that nature. So, um, I've never actually heard it that way before. The the Greek letters, you know, like that. That's something that I've never heard before. Have you heard this before of the Greek letters in the uh, in the in the in the quotation of the Jesus? I have not. I have not. Uh, most notably, I have heard, um, you know, that it was it was a way for people to keep the the term or any any religious based terms um, from offending people. So instead of Christmas, you would do Xmas. Instead of crossing, you would do Xing. Uh, so. Yeah, it, you know, so in a sense, they and and most group. Now I won't say most groups. There were some groups who were trying to de-religiousify. I don't even, I don't even know if that's a word, but you know the, you know, different things. Um, you know, like I like I listened to uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, um, and he was talking about how they were talking about. Um, let me see, I'm trying to think of what it was because he he was because he he was telling a story on the Joe Rogan podcast about how, you know, he doesn't believe in calling himself he doesn't he doesn't refer to himself as an atheist, um, you know, because he was, it, it was one of the situations where they were talking about like something came about the about the calendar, you know, and why we have leap leap years and stuff like that, um, and it says that he doesn't understand why people purge themselves of words or phrases that have religious foundations in them if this, as long as the science good and the whole thing about the gregorian calendar was what he was talking about where they changed it from the julian calendar the gregorian calendar is the is the calendar that we all currently use in modern society and it came from the catholic church by a jesuit priest in the 1580s um so you know it, 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 in a sense it's like there are people who will say yeah they're taking christ out of christmas but in actuality if i'm texting something and i you only get like 140 characters is at the end of the conversation i'm like hey what do you want for chris oh i can't spell out chris i'll just put x and say they know what i'm talking about you know what i mean so right it happens like that sometimes that being said let's move on to the very next one you got it yep next up we are going to talk about stockings Mm. um so many people know of saint nicholas being the basis of santa claus right right but the practice of stocking stuffing can be traced back to his charitable donations in the 4th century. St. Nicholas believed that childhood should be savored and enjoyed, but in a time where boys and girls younger than 10 had to work to support their families, this wasn't always possible. Mm. He therefore gave what he could 
in homemade food, clothes, and furniture. The bishop even gave out oranges, which would have been very rare and expensive in Lycia, where he lived. The problem became where to leave these gifts so that the children would find them. And according to legends, he then saw girls' stockings hanging above the fireplace, and old St. Nick, to paraphrase, thought, why the hell not? From then... (laughs) (laughs) So from then on, children would hang stockings up, hoping that St. Nicholas would visit them that night. Now, beyond St. Nick, the practice can be traced back to Scandinavian countries that still held their pagan beliefs. Children would leave their shoes full of carrots, straw, and other similar foods for Odin's mythic horse, Slepnir. When Slepnir ate the food, Odin would leave candy or other treats in their place. That's interesting. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Until until the damn uh, young, young lads get get a hold of it, like in the last episode, the, the thirteen brothers or whatever they are, right? Yeah, but now, I I never knew that about the stocking. Like I would always wonder, like, yeah, you know what, you know, you know what's a good representation of Jesus Christ? A sock hanging over the fireplace. That's a great, rep- you know, <laughs> right? But, you know, but then but then when you when you hear the story and you hear the legend, like it does kind of make it does make sense, you know, um, and also like the stocking. For, for me, for me at least, the stockings like those things. Like we can put candy in there. Maybe we could put like a small gift or something like that. Like something that you really don't really need to wrap, but it's you know like like a couple like I think not last year, but the year before, uh, I got my wife um, like uh, the just peachy the the bet the, uh, the the Bath and Body Works uh, uh, perfume and body lotions or whatever they're called. And I was like, you know what? If I put this in a regular box underneath the tree, that's that's kind of a dumb thing to get, like to open up on Christmas Day and to see that. I'm just gonna put it in the stocking because it it can fit inside the stocking. So I think that that's what it was. Is like that it's made for the small gifts that are like not really insignificant, but not as important as the bigger gifts that are, you know, underneath the Christmas tree, if you will. Right. So, I, I didn't know if you was going to come up with any stocking stories of yourself of your own. So, no, I mean, I, I we usually um, put put like an orange um, in each of the boys' stockings, uh, and then do like uh, they've really gotten into these blind bags uh, that they like. Yep, um, of like different and, Marvel superheroes and stuff like that, and characters and stuff uh, like that. Yeah, I mean, um, Grayson really likes, um, he's really gotten into Minecraft and Roblox. Um, yeah. So we got him a couple of um, Minecraft and Roblox blind bags to throw in his. Uh, and then Colt wanted some monster truck stuff. Yeah. And some stuff like that. So we got him. Um, we got him a couple of monster truck blind bags uh, and a Roblox blind bag to go in his stocking. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, um, that's cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Malachi, Malachi's getting into football a lot. So, we'll probably do like an NFL things and, you know, you know, let me like a smaller thing. He, he, he's been into it a lot. And um, Piper's, 
Piper's different. I don't know. She, I don't I, like. She, she loves trolls, so we'll probably do something trolls related with her. But we'll figure it out. Uh, that being said, excuse me. Whew, had a burp. Mm. Damn Corona. Uh, the drink, not the virus. Um, so let's move on to the next one. Hey, we don't laugh, we cry. That being said, let's move on to the next one. The next one we're going to talk about are wreaths. Yes. Since classical antiquities, the wreath has been used as a symbol of power and strength. In Rome and Greece, kings and emperors often worn laurel wreaths as crowns, a practice they themselves borrowed from the Etruscans. 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 Oh, sure. Uh, they predated them. The Greeks and the Romans connected the laurel wreaths to their sun god Apollo, and considered the crown to embody his values. Harvest wreaths, the predecessor to our modern decorations, were used in rituals for good harvest and predate even written history. Ancient European anim animists often used evergreen in their wreaths to symbolize strength and fertility, as an evergreen will live throughout even the harshest of winters. As for the connection to Christianity is concerned, since wreaths symbolize uh, tenacity and everlasting life, they were often used in funerals of important people, significantly in the burials of saints and martyrs. Never understood the significance of the wreath through Christianity. Um, that one's interesting. Like, because I, I mean, yeah, people use wreath because if you know, if you ever been to a funeral, they they do have like a wreath kind of thing. Um, at some places have them, some places don't. Um, so what are your thoughts on the wreath? It's it's interesting. Um yeah, I didn't know that um it symbolized tenacity and everlasting life. So I didn't know that there was a, a distinct Christianity uh feel to it. I just thought it was something that you know, somebody one day was like, Oh, that looks pretty. Let's decorate that up a little bit with some uh bows and hang it somewhere for everybody to see right and you, you look and, and i'm looking at the picture that is currently being used right now uh we're using uh listverse.com by the way um and uh you know it's got pomegranates on one side it's got uh what looks to be either grapes or some type of small red fruit on the uh, other side probably um, cranberries cranberries probably yeah because i think there's a grapes on top and then there's pears in the middle that got bows surrounded i think there's a capricorn somewhere in there um but yeah i mean it, i mean it, it's a good aesthetic um but it also i mean for you know and, and again a lot of these traditions are dating back to greek greek and roman times as well um you know back when they believed in you know the greek gods and the roman gods apollo who's the sun god um you know and also different you know and if you you know look up anything on you know um mythology and stuff like that which you like, like i'm a firm believer in god i'm a firm believer in jesus but i do enjoy the roman and the greek mythology you know uh right you know one of my favorite movies um i won't say of all time i will say it's in my top 20 at least is the movie troy um and it talks it, it very much as along those lines of like you know uh 
uh, Achilles and, you know, you know, what would Apollo say? You know, so you know, things of that nature. You have to watch the movie to see it. It's a good movie. Um, right. But, but yeah, for, for, for it to have that connection to, it, it was one of those weird things where it, it transcended different cultures and different belief systems. And the fact that it's lasted this long throughout history shows that, okay, there is, you know, something to be said about this tradition. You see what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. So let's bump on to the next one. All right. Next up, we're going to talk about the Christmas tree. Oh, right? Christmas tree. <laughs> so the modern Christmas tree differs greatly from its roots. Today, we decorate an everlasting artificial construct with bright lights and dazzling ornaments. While traditionally, the tree, of course, was real and more importantly, decorated with edibles such as apples and nuts. Edibles? Edibles. Oh, wait, sorry. <laughs> um, I'm horrible. I'm sorry. <laughs> the tradition, as with that of the wreath, started with the... You okay over there? Yeah, I'm good. I was throwing a bottle away. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> Uh, the tradition, as with that of the wreath, started with the elements symbolized by evergreens in pre-Christian winter festivals, immortality and fortitude. Right. The evergreen was also known to have represented the same values to a variety of cultures, including the Egyptians, the Chinese, and the Hebrew. Uh, the worship of trees was also very common in European Druidism and paganism. In Christian tradition, trees were often put up in December to serve the dual purpose of warding off the devil and allowing a perch for whatever birds still remained. Evergreen trees decorated with apples and wafers were also used in Christmas Eve plays during the Middle Ages to represent the tree from which Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit. Oh, uh -huh. I never knew that before. Okay. Um, as for decorations, the first evidence of decorated Christmas trees comes from German craftsmen, <coughs> German craftsmen guilds during the Renaissance era. After the Protestant Reformation, trees enjoyed a surge of popularity among Protestant households as counterparts to the Catholic nativity scene. Mm, interesting. Yes. Yeah. So the tree, you know, is, I mean, the tree has been known to be like, okay, this trees give us our oxygen trees, you know, you know, if, if, if you ever go to Brazil, there's the Amazon rainforest. It's called the lungs of the world because it, about, now, 75% of the country is nothing but trees, pretty much. Um, and, uh, you know, for, for it to, like, I mean, the, the tradition of putting, hanging the the ornaments and putting the lights on and things of that nature. Um, interesting to see, like, it's interesting to hear the the origins of it. Um, now, I was never told growing up any of this to the point where it's like, oh, we put the Christmas tree up to ward off the devil and the evil spirits. Um, you know, which, I mean, if you left the, I mean, if you lit up a tree outside, you know, like that'd be one thing. I mean, the tree's on the inside. I don't know if you're going to have a bird fly in and sit on the tree or whatever. Um, right. but also with the, it said, you know, with it decorated with apples and wafers was interesting. I've, you know, which, which the apple, if you look at the shape of an apple, it kind of looks like an ornament in a sense, you know, um, 
so yeah, that 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 kind of makes sense too. Yeah, I mean, I had never heard uh, of this before either uh, un- until today, of course. Um, but I mean, it it kind of makes sense. Yeah, you know, now that you sit back and you think about it, you're like, man, that, yeah, that that, that kind of makes sense. Like, right? Why 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 didn't we tell people about this? Like. I don't know. Right. I think I think we need to know all the information leading into this before telling. You know, like I, I again, I never knew why we put Christmas trees up. Um, I we just, just knew that's what you did. It's Christmas, yep, right? That's, that's just what you did. You know, right? He's my grandparents, yeah, my grandparents did it. My parents did it. I'm doing it. You know, my my children will more than likely do it. Um, right. I'm not going to say they they will do it because they may choose a different route, and if that's what they choose, fine by me. Right. Uh, but yeah, but 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 the fact that it's 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 is that it's it's in different cultures, not just Christian culture, but Egyptian and Chinese and Hebrew, um, right? And then Druidism, you know, like you know, and paganism as well. You yeah. know, it, it it's it, it's that way. But what what's interesting to me though is where it says. Um, you know, where, where it said decorated with the apples and the wafers used for Christmas Eve and during the play in the Middle Ages to represent the tree from which Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit. Now, the forbidden fruit, a lot of people say, oh, she ate the apple. It just said a forbidden fruit. It didn't say what actually you just assume it's an apple because, you know, right. that's the typical answer that you think of when you say, hey, name a fruit apple. OK, um, but. But nevertheless, um, but yeah, I mean, that part was interesting to me too. Um, so, so that's, that's what we know. Um, and then there's some people use the evergreen, some people use pine now. Um, a lot of people, you know, and, and then there's the, there's the big deal. Like when you go, uh, some towns have it, the Hallmark towns, the Hallmark Christmas towns. If you've ever seen any Hallmark Christmas movie, you know what I'm talking about, where they have the big tree in the middle of the town and, Everybody gathers around the tree on a certain night, and boom, they light up the Christmas tree. Oh, and there's festivities and hot cocoa and kids playing, throwing snowballs at each other, and it's, you know, festive. But, you know. Um, That being said, though, let's move on to the very next one. And the next one is the tradition of caroling. Now, Christmas carols grew out of the first Christmas hymns, which developed in the 14th century Rome. While these Latin hymns were sung in churches for generations, the first true carols developed in France, Germany, and Italy in the 13th century. These carols, written in the vernacular language of the area in which they were composed in, were aesthetically sung as community events and festivals. They were not composed specifically as Christmas carols, but rather a conglomeration of holiday songs that were sung at many separate festivals and celebrations. Later on, the songs would become associated primarily with Christmas and sung in numerous churches. Carols in Protestant churches were much more numerous since the Protestant movement encouraged the arts, especially music. The modern practice of going door-to-door caroling likely has something to do with the root word of for carol or corral 
or karula, which both means a circular dance. The practice may have developed out of the public ceremonies that created the first carols. So interesting how they would take something that really had nothing to do with, with Christmas and then, you know, because it was used for other things, but it became primarily synonymous with Christmas when singing the Christmas carols through the Protestant movement. And, you know, the, the Protestant churches had their own songs and you would go and, you know, like it, it I, I've never personally seen carolers before. I mean, I've ne- they've never come by my house, um, but, you know, because most I've lived in secluded areas. Um, which is why right. I probably didn't have no internet half the time, but, but, uh, but yeah, how are you feeling about this one being at number four? I, I, I was going to say, I don't live in a secluded area and I've never had carolers come by my house either. Oh, okay. Um, I, I think this is, um, more of, it's more of an older outdated tradition. I don't think, um. I don't think it's something that's that's very much uh, practiced anymore. I could be wrong, nice. but uh, I, I think the 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 tradition of caroling, like going door to door and and, and singing songs uh, to people when they open the door, is not something that happens anymore. Uh, or if it does, it's in like very small. Um, towns uh what we kind of dubbed as hallmark towns right um, yeah I, I found something oh and it said i i put it in google do people still go christmas caroling and it says modern christmas caroling may no longer involve dancing but many of the same festive attributes are still present making it a joyful occasion for both those singing as well as those participating in the end um Apparently, it is still a thing, but like what you just said a minute ago, it's predominantly smaller towns with, you know, a small, you know, Christmas kind of like what you said, the Hallmark town, you know, of people going door to door singing Christmas carols and, you know, having the big, you know, thing at the thing at the year, whatever it was, it was, it was, it was more in the 1960s and 70s than it is today, but it is still done today. Um so yeah, it is still done, but not as you know. I'm sure some you know, you know, suburban you know family gets together and you know goes caroling through the neighborhood or whatever. Um, but I'm sure that's very few and far between. Um, but that I don't know. <laughs> so right, yeah, yeah. So so yeah. Let's let's bounce to the next one. You got it. I, I do. Next up, we're going to talk about Boxing Day. And no, we're not talking about Mike Tyson, Muhammad Ali boxing. Darn this it. Is, yeah. <laughs> so Boxing Day is, as opposed to the rest of this list, an instance where a secular holiday grew out of a religious one. Mm. In, in most English-speaking countries, Boxing Day is traditionally the day following Christmas in which people receive gifts from their bosses or employers. Now today, Boxing Day is known as a shopping day similar to Black Friday. Many important sporting events are also commonly held 
on that holiday. Boxing, I'm sorry, Boxing Day grew out of St. Stephen's Day, a Christian holiday that commemorates the uh, eponymous St. Stephen, the first Christian martyr. Hmm. St. Stephen was a deacon in an early church in Jerusalem. After an argument with members of the synagogue, he was accused of blasphemy. While waiting for his trial, he said he had seen God the Father, <clears throat> or he had seen God the Father and Son, though this wasn't enough to save him. He was stoned to death anyway. Mm. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, to be honest with you, like, I always thought Boxing Day was just a Canadian holiday, you know, because if you see, you know, like Canada has Boxing Day, uh -huh. and, you know, which Canada's. They they are more of a I won't say Protestant. They're more of like what is the what is the religion in Canada? I, I want to I don't think they have the same religion as most Americans do. Um, but I know Boxing Day is one of those days where it's like they celebrate Boxing Day more than they celebrate Christmas, even though they still celebrate Christmas. Which that doesn't make sense. Maybe what any reason to get a gift? I guess. Uh, but. But Boxing Day, like what you said, is known as a shopping day uh, similar to Black Friday. Listen, if, if if Boxing Day is similar to Black Friday, you motherfuckers can have it. I don't want anything to do with Black Friday. Is just, no, too much. It's just too much. <laughs> yeah, I'm not all about all of that. No, I'm not, I'm not going to wait in line and fight somebody over a 55-inch TV that went on sale for $112 because of overinflation. Like, you know what? You can have it. It's fine. Take it. You know, fight somebody else for that bullshit. I don't want it. You know what I mean? Right. Nightmare. And, 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 and people turn into animals, dude. In the parking lot, in general, it's like you walking through. It's like, it's like something out of a zombie movie or, or an apocalypse. It's like a war zone. You know, even if it's like a Walmart or something, if you go to Walmart to, you know, where it's the place where they stock stuff. The, the people who work in there, it's like, fuck it, it's Christmas. I'm not even going to bother. <laughs> Some asshole's just going to come by and tear into it anyway. I'll just wait, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But anyway, so so what, Hester, how are you feeling about um, uh, the Boxing Day tradition? Uh, I, so I always thought it was just like a, uh, like a sporting holiday. Well, you know, yeah. Boxing Day. Uh so, I mean, I've seen it on calendars. You have it, you know, different days where it's like Boxing Day Canada. Then I've seen, you know, Boxing Day US and whatnot. So I was like, okay, I, that's, I get it. You know, Canada celebrates their Boxing Day different than, you know, America does. Right. Just like, just like, you know, in, in some countries they celebrate. You know, you celebrate different holidays at different times, um, right? Or some uh, some countries don't celebrate the same holidays at all, right? So I, I thought it was just a sporting holiday. And now to come to find out that it's this, it makes even more sense as to why they're not celebrated at the same time, because Canadian Christmas is different than American Christmas, which would be different than British Christmas, right? Uh, and so on and so forth. So now it makes a little more sense. Yeah, it does. It really does. Um, it's interesting about St. Stephen, though, in, in that sense. Um, the first 
Christian martyr, um, you know, which, you know, which it is one of the situations where he had a different set of beliefs. And if you have a different set of beliefs, automatically they and it was where you would go to trial you know, if they accused you of blasphemy. Um, but, you know, it. It, I don't know. It, 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 that borders more around more along the line. I think it borders more more along the lines of heresy, maybe. Uh, and I know people's like, well, heresy and blasphemy isn't that kind of the same thing. Uh, I don't know. Be honest with you, um, but you know. But I mean, it was kind of the offshoot of like you know, because because Jerusalem they still celebrated you know which Christianity was a direct response to Judaism. Um, and then everything from there kind of branched out, you know, amongst other faiths and other denominations of that said faith or whatever. Um, but nevertheless, um, yeah, it is interesting to hear that about St. Saint St. Saint Stephen. Um, so we're going to move on from that one to one that I'm pretty sure people know about this one. We're going to talk about the good old mistletoe. Now, let me click off of that. Thank you. Now. The mistletoe is a parasitic plant which perches on the which perches on a tree branch and absorbs nutrients from its trunk. Hardly one of the most romantic forms of life, but it has been inspiring people to go at go at it for generations. Mistletoe has a large mytholog mythological background across many cultures. The Greeks believed in Anitas. The famous ancestor of the Romans uh, carried a, a sprig of mistletoe in the form of a legendary golden broth. In Edic traditions, mistletoe was the only thing able to kill the god Baldar, since it had no, not sworn any oath to leave him alone. Amongst other pre-Christian cultures, mistletoe was believed to carry the male essence and by extensions, romance, fertility, and uh, vitality. It is used as a decoration stem from the fact that it was believed to protect homes from fire and lightning. It was commonly hung at Christmas time only to remain there all year until being replaced by another, sp uh, by another sprig of it the following year. Now, the process by which mistletoe became associated with kissing is currently unknown, but it was first recorded in the 16th century England as a very popular practice. Mistletoe carries a pretty good legacy. For a parasite of a plant that causes diarrhea and stomach pain when ingested. Yeah, it kind of, kind of, you got diarrhea and stomach pains, the, the mood's done. Like, there ain't no romance going on after that. You're going right. to be in the bathroom all night. That's what that, you better get comfortable with the toilet because that's all you're going to be. Um, anyway, how are you feeling about the mistletoe? I mean, I've never really understood the mistletoe. Like, it, it for me, I'm probably going to get some, some heat for this, but I've always, found, I've always found the thought of the mistletoe to be kind of cringy anyway. Right. So, so by tradition, if your wife and I walk under this mistletoe at the same time, we're supposed to kiss. Yeah, that and that's not happening. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like so. I I find it just kind of cringy because I've seen in movies, and now maybe it's just for the movies, but I highly doubt it's just for the movies. 
uh, where guys would like have this crush on this girl and they strategically place mistletoe in certain places so they could sneak that kiss that they've always wanted. Like to me, that's, that's kind of cringy, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, and, and a lot, and a lot of places nowadays because of, because of, because of everything that's going on in the world. And unfortunately it's, it's the way that it is. And you know, it, it's sad that it's the way that it is, but there's a whole lot of, you know, especially after the me too movement and things of that nature, you don't want to put, any woman in an uncomfortable situation like if a woman's just standing there having a conversation with somebody and she just happens to be underneath the mistletoe if a guy if a random guy just walked up and just grabbed her and just kissed her that's lawsuits that's sexual harassment do getting fired you know like no nah, you don't just do that you know you would go over there and engage in the conversation first like hi how you doing hey we're underneath the mistletoe and then you don't say shit and you're like, oh, okay. And it's like, and now if she pursues, okay, that's one thing. You know, she kissed me underneath the mistletoe. Okay, yay. You know, I'm good. But if I kiss her without her wanting it, then that's going to be a problem. And that's very, very cringy stuff. You don't want to have anything to do with that. Yeah, but Although, I mean, at the same at the same time, what if she kisses you and you don't want it? It's still cringy. It, 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 now that, in that case, you are right. It is still cringy. But... Let's be honest, nine times out of ten, it's always the guy that's like doing the pre like, oh man, I want to kiss that girl, but she's underneath the mistletoe, you know. And but and at that point, why not just walk up to her and say, Hey, how you doing? My name is so and so. Nice to meet you. Hey, hey, we're underneath the mistletoe. Would you care if we keep tradition? You know? And if she says no, okay, cool, no problem. If she says yes, yay. But, you know, there has to be a a level of, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um consent there you go that's the word there has yes. to be consent you know i think and, and i think consent is the word is the, is the is the word that we need to use at that point because then if you're just underneath the mistletoe and that happens and you know and you're right either way it's still cringy if it's a woman kissing a man or a man kissing a woman whatever you know but hell there have been instances where there would be a dude underneath the mistletoe and another dude just walks up like hey buddy puts him in a headlock kisses him on his forehead because he's underneath the mistletoe you know i've seen that done before too you know and that's more like ah you my boy get get away from me motherfucker you know you know goofing off and shit um but but yeah but but for but i've never heard of these other traditions of the mistletoe of like I didn't realize that, that it was to protect the home from fire and lightning. Never knew that one. Um, I never knew of the uh, edict tradition of wearing the mistletoe to kill the god Baldar. I've never even heard of Baldar. I'm gonna have to look up Baldar <laughs> or Bald U R, which I'm bald, so yeah, that works. Um, <laughs> as a matter of fact, matter of fact, I'm gonna do a quick little Google search, ladies and gentlemen. Although, hey, oh, hold on, there's a video game, Baldur's Gate, really. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he and he was in God of War too. That's where I remember. Okay. It says he's a Norse Easter god of. He's the god of light. Uh, he is the son of Odin, and uh, okay. Okay. That's what it was. Okay. Yeah, he's yeah he's Norse god. He's the husband of the obscure goddess Nena, uh, and the father of the god Forseta. He's loved by all the gods, goddesses, and beings, and more of, of a physical nature. Okay. Yeah. So, the mistletoe will kill him? 
since it is not uh, sworn an oath to leave him alone. Oh, okay. I'm looking. I'm, I'm trying to find plants. Okay, I'm trying to figure it out like where the mistletoe thing came into play here. Anyway, oh, ow! I just hit my foot. Damn it! All right, all right. But yeah, but those are interesting to me. So, uh, yeah, very interesting. Yeah. So let's move on to the next one. You got it. I do. Next up, we are going to talk about. The biggest tradition of them all, Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So most people know that Santa Claus's origins lie in Saint Nicholas, the generous saint who gave presents to needy children. However, many other figures involved in the, the conglomerate we now know and call Santa Claus. All right. Right. From one, the Dutch Sinterklaas, uh, who himself was basis for Saint Nick, was the main inspiration for Santa Claus. He is nearly identical to Santa. He wears red and white, uh, knows if you're naughty or nice, has elf helpers referred to as Swart Pete. Go back and, and listen do. to yes, yes. <laughs> Go back and listen to last week's episode, uh, and you'll learn more about the Zwart Pete. However, the legend takes a much darker takes on a much darker legend when one hears that the Zwart Pete's duties also include punishing naughty children with jute bags and willow canes. Again, go listen to last week. You'll learn all yeah. about it. Um, he also differs from Santa in the fact that he wears a bishop's hat and comes on steamboat from Spain rather than from the North Pole. But there's no... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so how the fuck does that work? Okay, never mind. Go ahead. Uh, a- another large influence into Santa's design is the British Father Christmas, a figure developed in the 17th century as the embodiment of holiday joy and mirth. Odin also exists as a potential pagan inspiration for Santa Claus. He led a hunting party with other gods on Yule. Yule is a German holiday at roughly the same time as Christmas. And he rode Sleipnir, a legendary horse with eight legs, like Santa has eight reindeer. And he would fill children's boots with candy, as mentioned. You know, we mentioned that earlier. Yeah. All right. And so the modern Santa Claus, contrary to popular belief, was not created by Coca-Cola, but has been in American folklore since around the late 18th century. His name comes from an Americanization of Sinterklaas, S-I-N-T-E-R-K-L-A-A-S. And somewhere along the way, he lost his bishop's hat. And one could write an entire list of the origins of individual components of Santa's story. Suffice to say that they all have interesting origins, and I would suggest reading further. And I do, uh, 100% 
uh, suggest reading further. Now, if you go back and listen to last week's episode, and you'll see that you know some of the the bizarre creatures that we talked about, how we could distinctly take a a, a small piece of each of these creatures and put them together, uh, and, and we did as we went along to kind of you know so okay this is where this came from uh in modern christmas tradition and, and so on and so forth so yeah it, and it was very interesting how we were able to put things together and things of that nature um anyway uh, you had one more uh, thing to read uh yeah um so there was a couple of levels uh of separation but nearly every strange tradition we practice around the holiday season steam stems from Christianity and further than that even has a basis in pagan religions and pre-Christian traditions. And really do the connections to Christianity even matter? Christmas is the one time of year where everyone or, or nearly everyone will say is friendly, generous and gets along with each other. Does it matter where the inspiration came from? Uh, as a non-Christian, you can believe that, you know, you can learn something from the Christmas spirit, regardless of race, religion, or creed. And then obviously, as a Christian, you believe that, uh, you know, this all centers around the birth of you know your personal lord and savior jesus christ and you know everything that we do around christmas is centered and revolves around that um right. so yeah i like to think of it as a combination of both things you know you can believe you know you can celebrate the you know the birth of our savior and also be generous, be kind to the people around you, give the gifts, you know, tell the stories. I do, if we can go back to the original story, we, we touched base on it a lot last week when we talked, when we, when we took our, uh, our, 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 our different Christmas characters and kind of molded into like, we, you could take this element, that element, and this element, and that element and create Santa Claus story. Um, the fact that it was, you know, that there's so many different things like we, when they talked about Odin existing, you know, during, you know, could be in a pagan inspiration for Santa Claus having, you know, when he talked about, uh, uh, says the gods on uh, Yule, and it made me think of the damn Yule goat, you know, from, from last week's episode, you know, right. like different, yeah, different things, man, you know, and but it is very, very interesting to hear the origin story and the fact that, like what we talked about earlier, so many different cultures and so many different you know, faiths have their own interpretation of Santa Claus and their own interpretation of Christmas that even though it may not be personally something that I believe in, in terms of what they believe, it's still interesting to hear what Christmas is to other people and to hear their perspective on it. Now that doesn't necessarily say you believe or you condone or you accept or whatever. It's interesting to hear their perspective and then you can kind of understand okay, this is their, you know, this is their, you know, way of looking at things, you know, compared to mine, you know, um, which I've all, which around Christmas time, the object is to, you know, love people, one of them, you know, give, you know, show love to people, 
you know, and and especially this time of year, which I do think, and I'm thinking about it now as I'm talking. Why is it that like we only pick this one day a year to show this love and show this gratitude and show this respect for each other? And you know, this oh, this is the time for giving. This is the time for sharing love. This is the time for spreading joy. And I'm thinking to myself, why can't we do that year round? Why do we only use just that? spreading joy and love for just christmas why can't we do it year round you know what i mean oh 100 i i've said that and said that and said that um so i i, I don't know why we, we we just set this one day aside now i uh i i feel the same way about other holidays uh too such as um valentine's day like why why do we set one one day aside I, right I, I i don't get it it doesn't make sense and you know it's also why uh here in my house we do not celebrate valentine's day because every day is valentine's day if you love you know the person that you're with that you is know correct right but but yeah um so out of all the ones that we've talked about this evening which one to you out of all of these common christmas traditions and the origins speak of it which one did you thought was the most interesting uh, it, to be honest i thought they were all pretty interesting uh you know to learn why we we do a lot of the things we do you know why do we put up the christmas stockings why uh why do we give the gifts um you know where the origin of of decorating the christmas tree came from and stuff like that i i, I personally I don't think I could pick just one because I think they all go hand in hand. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm the same way too. I feel like all of them are interesting. Um, the fact that Christmas itself is a tradition of Christmas in and of itself. I do find that interesting. Um, you know, and yeah, like what we said, I mean, it's, it's very, very interesting. Um, and, uh, and if you guys out there have any Christmas traditions that maybe, you want to let us know about let us know on the movement radio fan page on facebook like if you guys want to um just let us know and uh you know i mean is it, do y'all still carol if somebody message us and tell us if you guys still do carols if, if you know or you know of anybody who still does caroling and stuff like that let us know um yes, <laughs> yeah um you know email us um i don't remember what the email was a uh, movement radio at movement radio 2019 at gmail.com there you go. Um, hope you guys caught that. Uh, that it'll, be in the, it'll be linked in the description below. You can also email us directly from our Facebook, our Instagram, our Twitter, our TikTok, straight from movementradio.us. You can, you can contact us a plethora exactly. of different ways. Of course. And, um, and, and yeah, man, it's just thank you guys for listening to this episode. It's, all, it's always a great pleasure to, just to give you guys some cool information, some cool things to think about. Um, like what we said, you know, check out the uh, the Facebook fan page. Always cool there to, to talk to you guys and stuff. Um, you know, 20,000 downloads close to it, if not already there. So, you know, thank you guys again so much. We love you. We appreciate you guys. Chip, anything you want to say before we bounce out here this evening? As always, check out movementradio.us. That is your one-stop shop for all things movement radio. Shout out to our good friend Sean Thompson at Thompson Personal Training. Check him out, Thompson Personal Training, on Facebook for all of his pricing information. Tell him Movement Radio sent you. Shout out to Jerry and Jennifer over at the Chronic Conversation Podcast. Shout out to Sean and Andrew over at the Warrior Workout Network. And uh, 
got again a lot of cool things coming down the pipe for movement radio we got a lot of cool stuff coming up um like what we said before you know we can't thank you guys enough we have another if i'm not mistaken we got another christmas episode coming up I believe next week, if I'm not mistaken. And then we'll get back into the swing of things with other episodes. Uh, more uh, We Talk Wrestling coming soon. More of, um, you know, we may even, who knows, with the new year approaching, we might even, I don't know, dip, maybe dip back into some hauntings ofs. Who knows? Uh, we'll talk about that off air. I got something tell you <laughs> that being said though um thank you guys again for tuning into this episode we love you guys we appreciate you guys and we'll see you next time on another episode chip let's hit them with the outro please do not leave without leaving a like comment share and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform follow us on all of our social media facebook twitter instagram and tiktok check out the youtube channel and subscribe click that bell to get notified of our latest videos and once again check out movementradio.us i am chip hazard and i'm talon williams and this is movement radio God's plan. Merry Christmas.